welcome to the Nerd Party. darling we are still doing our doctor who watch through i guess yes yes ordinarily you'd think rewatch but because all of these have have aired long before long before our time way before <laughs> we were even considered being born what year are we in uh 1974 so yes yes that's <laughs> Uh, yeah. if, if we're looking at start date of December 28th, 1974, I was probably a very small fetus mm-hmm. at that point. This is barely a zygote. Barely a zygote. Yes. 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 Yeah. We'll be talking series 12, and that's the classic series 12, the first of the Tom Baker era. Yes. So what did you think about continuing? You know, we... we we did the third Doctor together because I had never seen it, or at least very few had seen. So that was sort of an adventure for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the fourth Doctor, I've seen a few. Um, you know, um, and we've seen a few. There right. were some that I, I recognized. Well, we had seen uh, Genesis of the Daleks in the movie theater, which I know it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's been in a movie been theater. A long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've gotten off pissed, haven't I? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a totally different show now. But uh, so yeah, but um. What did you think, just going right into it, what did you think of now we have a new Doctor, Tom Baker, who you've seen, but now you're seeing it in context, when did everything begins? Yeah, no, I, so far I've, I've actually enjoyed it. I, In typical Doctor Who fashion, I was like, no, Pertwee, Pertwee, I don't like this new Doctor. Um, and now a season in, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, the new guy might have some things to bring to the table. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I'll be honest, because we've been watching lots of extras and stuff, I quite enjoy Colin Baker. Tom Baker. Tom Baker. <laughs> not Colin. I'm not going to enjoy Colin Baker, I don't I think. I think he's a very lovely person. His doctor's not usually for me, but... Yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting. I mean, we obviously, we don't, we're not prepared yet. We don't have all the... Um, the Blu-ray DVD extras and things for his seasons, but it'll be interesting to see. Well, they're out there. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I no, figured it, no reason to invest until we get there. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That yeah. that was not a criticism. Yeah. I'm just saying because when we watch, right, we do watch the extras, and with this one, there's a lot of Tom Baker in there. Mm-hmm. You get a sense of who the person is as well, and I think that's quite lovely. And I've enjoyed that throughout this this sort of run. So yes. it'll be interesting to see what Colin Baker's seasons bring to us. Right, you'll get to hear from Nicole, and you'll get to hear all the oh good Perry background. Oh, I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna hate it. Oh no. <laughs> now you know, of course familiar with Doctor Who and Tom Baker and all that, but, you know, I think the lovely thing, at least for me watching this, is, you know, I try to look at it as we're sort of continuing our storyline from the third Doctor, so it's new to me, 
you know, and pretending like it's all new and how it flows. Because I think that was sort of the great experiment for me with the third Doctor. Does it flow? Is it just random stories? Is there some kind of character development? Um, which I think there is. But um, so with this one, one thing that I, I think is interesting, and, and this is just differences, no criticism or critiques of d- Doctors because we'd be here all day with those. Mm-hmm. But I think the fourth Doctor is a little bit more the gang. Where I think the third Doctor sort of often has that patrician thing. Don't get me wrong, he's very nice oh, and lovely. Oh, but you think the fourth Doctor has a fam. I think so, a little bit. I mean, he still has his moments of, you know, I'm a Time Lord. But at least this first season, mm. they're very subdued. You know, I, I think he's there with, uh, I was going to say Ian, Harry's the character. Yep. They're with Harry, Harry and Sarah, Sarah Jane, you know. And they're, they're all buddies, which I think is you know, very quickly done. You know, Ish, I, yeah. you know. I mean, Harry does insist on calling her old girl, even though she has definitely raised objection. Well, I was just talking about from the doctor's perspective. Right, yes. Yeah. But I, I think that the team, because, you know, Harry is somewhat new to you. Um, not that he's old hat to me. But I think that that three really goes together, to my opinion. They, they, they come together very quickly. I mean, they work. Yes. No, I agree. And I, I whilst I understand... The concern about Harry, I quite enjoy him. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I think that he could have sat well, and of course Sarah Jane goes as well uh, soon. But I think that they could have kept him, and it still could have been a cohesive, cohesive fam. Yep. Yeah. Team. Yeah. I get the uh, you know as we've sort of heard, or it's been explained that Ian Martyr was cast before. Tom Baker was because they thought it would be an older doctor and he would sort of be the um, uh, the younger type the, Ian. The, the, <laughs> the young adventurer. I was going to say, who was the first doctor that was Ian, right? Even though that's the real yeah. Ian. Is, but anyway, the character Ian. But anyway, I thought that that would be sort of be an Ian and Barbara situation where you'd have the, the two young people. Um, but then when Tom Baker was cast, who was, you know, I think early 40s, you know, he sort of already had the person who could do all the action sequences. So um, it was sort of felt that Ian did not have a lot to do. And so... Yeah, but I think as a doctor and therefore to an extent a scientist, I mm-hmm. think he could have brought a different... He's the Yaz. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And Sarah Jane is definitely the Ryan a little bit. <laughs> uh, particularly in this first first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And we had sort of a behind-the-scenes switch-off, um, so... You know, with, and I, and I don't know, is it classic, you know, with New Who, it's a little bit different, but maybe it's the same with classic. I don't know. We're, we're just, this is our first journey, really, paying attention to these things. But um, we had the, the handoff to Philip Hen- Hinchcliffe as the new producer, um, and then Bob Holmes as the new script editor, though he'd obviously been involved before with the Third Doctor era, but sort of taking that over formally from uh, Terrence. Um, um, and so we sort of have that new team, but I thought the interesting thing about this season, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but like, cause you don't often hear it, like how heavily involved Philip was like following Barry Letts the whole mm, time. And then, yeah. and then even when I guess he felt comfortable, he still asked Barry to, to follow him while he was, so it's, it's almost like a joint producer season where but that's such a yeah. lovely yeah. thing it's a good thing yeah. to be able to put into place mm-hmm. that so few you you don't get that um in very many places not just entertainment um but i think philip is very i don't know how he was a producer because obviously we're seeing him in you know 20 
18 or whenever these extras were filmed. He's very relaxed. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what to expect as a, a BBC producer, but, you know, watching him on the on the sofa with Tom and um, Liz Sladen's daughter, you know, he's, he's just seems like a relaxed guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I enjoy I enjoy those sofa sessions, as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I get from, you know, Barry and Terry, huh? Um, like they're very much an artistic vision writers. Whereas Philip, and he may very well be, I, I don't mean to, I don't know his resume, but he just strikes me maybe more as a, like a how to get things done producer. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get like, this is, I mean, well, you know, he's had these things where he says, you know, he, I don't mind doing this and they gave me this and I don't, you know, and there are things I was trying to do, but I, like, I don't, no, no strong philosophy where he's coming from. Just more of like, I know a good story. Whereas I think with Barry and Terry, they had a philosophy of how they wanted things. Yeah, and both of those, I mean, a philosophy's amazing. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, Barry and Terry were able to make that work. Um, but if you don't know how to make things work, a mm-hmm. philosophy's rather useless. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I kind of agree that, that he seemed to be more story-based rather than thematic-based, but that's not always a bad thing. I mean, one of our biggest complaints, or one of my biggest complaints with the second season of The 13th Doctor is that it's all thematic, but I'm not sure they're great stories. Right. Um, And so finding that middle ground is not a bad thing. And I think the... Interesting thing about sort of classic Who behind the scenes, especially with Doctor regenerations, and only because we've seen it with the third Doctor, and now we're seeing a little bit with the fourth, is that, and again, I don't know if this will happen as we watch. I don't think so, because, well, not that we're there yet, but, you know, once J&T arrives, he's, you know, there till it ends. But anyway, that these new producers will come on with a new Doctor, but they still have old stories. Yes. And, and so, like, Philip has basically been given, like, you know, here's all your scripts, more or less. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. Daleks and the Cybermen. And, which, well, you know, we'll talk. I mean, they may have been very well good scripts, but it's kind of like, okay, well, I didn't know we were rehashing the old stuff. Well, let's see what we can do here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and then I guess even with, with uh, Ian, you know, it kind of reminds me of the third Doctor with Liz Shaw. I remembered her name this time. Um, you know, that's not who Barry... Not up... related to Tim Shaw. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to mention that every time. Oh, it might be. I mean, mm-hmm. this could come back up. Um, where basically Barry Letts was like, I don't want her. Um, at the end of the first season. Yeah. And then apparently with Philip... Oh, oh, also, she, she, she has a womb. Yeah, and that's... I don't think we talked about that in <laughs> advance. And then basically it sounds like at the end of this, Philip's basically going to tell Ian, yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. So... So yeah. I guess we'll see what this, the next series it has Philip charting his own course. But yes. let's start yeah. with this series. Well, let's first, we, we mentioned him, but before we get to dive in it, what do you think of Harry Sullivan? Obviously, we've seen Sarah Jane before. So what do you think of old Harry? Like we said, you know, you, you have you enjoyed him and his sort of contrasting style, the old? I have, yeah. I mean, he's proper old school. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have a lot. Um I think that he manages to walk the line of I'm very confused about what is happening and but I'm a completely capable person and I'm going to figure this out. And I think that's a nice I don't think it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I think he does it well. 
he follows direction well. Like, you know, if the doctor or the Sarah tells him to do something, he'd be like, well, okay, all right, well, okay, let me do a, you know, medical checkup of this alien that I've never seen. All right, you know, all right, yeah. <laughs> tally-ho, um, all that. Okay, well, let's get into the episodes or the stories. So the first one is Robot. Um, I'll read the first synopsis here. If you need <sighs> okay. to, we get back to it. Trouble is brewing once again. Top secret plans are being stolen with their guards killed. All evidence seems to point to the culprit being a sentient robot created by a think tank. However, his basic programming prevents him from killing, providing a contradiction to the clues. At the same time, the doctor is recovering from his latest regeneration. Can he regain his senses and help units solve the case before time runs out? Now, I'll be honest. This description... Uh-huh. It took, I was right at the end of the description before I was like, oh yes, I know what episode this is. <laughs> What's the one this with the robot? Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> and that, that, the sentient robot, I was like, huh? Um, yeah, that was a weird, that's a weird description. Because I don't remember a whole lot about the top secret plans being stolen and the guards killed. Well, that was the beginning because you got the camera perspective. You didn't know it was the killer robot. And then the arm would reach out and steal the plans. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't seem like the the bulk of the story. No. no. Well, And to me it seems, and this isn't a criticism, but just tonally as we go ahead, it did seem like a very third Doctor story. Yes, and it's not my favorite. Right. and it's, I mean, it's a unit story. Of, of this whole, yeah. Which, and I, I don't say this by I looked anything up, but I feel like this is probably the last unit story. I mean, it may not be, but, you know, this is the last one with the Brigadier and everyone. And, and the bad guy's a good guy again. Yeah, and all that stuff. So Yeah. So, who, who was it? Who, the bad guy? Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the bad guy that becomes the good guy. The good guy that was oh, a bad guy Yates. and then the good guy. Yates. Was it Yates? Yeah. I couldn't remember. But then, I don't know. But then you had Sergeant Benton, of course, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So. No, absolutely. But Yates is the one that, mm-hmm. you know, we saw him last season and he had turncoated. <laughs> and, oh, no, this is terrible. And this time he sort of picks Sarah Jane up at the airport. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm good guy now. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay. And we all move on. We do. Um, which is a strange story arc, but, you know, never mind, never mind. How do you think of the, you know, we always have to do the doctor going crazy from regeneration. How do you think they handled him becoming himself? Yeah, you have the interesting, what sort of costume am I going to wear? Right. Um, and... The, the, uh, montage. Yes, yes. It's the, it's the typical shopping montage. (laughs) Um, I, I have not, those are not things that I fret about a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I find those montages when they have them unhelpful Mm -hmm. and not particularly, I mean, don't get me wrong. This was cute and it was comical and he comes out in all sorts of crazy little outfits and things like that. But. You know, I mean, even the even the thirteenth Doctor when she goes into the thrift store and find, I don't necessarily feel like it needs to be a production that feels over the top to me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about this. Love the story of the scarf, right? 
Right. Um, the background story of they gave the costumer all of this yarn and was like, we need a scarf for the doctor, and she used all the yarn, which is why the scarf is so long. That mm-hmm. makes me giggle. Mm-hmm. But other than that, meh. I like how they do use it, though. Um, oh, yeah, use the scarf. And they Absolutely. use it, like, right away. You know, it could be one of those things where it's, like, you know, a piece of celery that they don't mention until the last cereal after, like, three years. But, I mean, with You the... got things you need to say? <laughs> Do you need to get this off your we'll chest? It's it. a little early. Yeah, yeah, we got, like, eight years or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, right away, he's using it as a tactical tool to trip the robot, which it didn't work. But, you know, he's aware of what he's, he has. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in that... That was an interesting sequence. I mean, it's like an action sequence in as much as anything's an action sequence um, with the fight with the robot. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's and, you know, has the hat over it. He uses the scarf to, you know, Tom's showing he's got some moves. And a nice contrast from all of the martial arts stuff. That's true, yeah. We get from the third Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to see that contrast straight away. Of, These are not things I do now. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's fun. But yeah, as far as the, the costume picking outing. Mm-hmm. and uh, What about this part where the robot gets really big and grabs Sarah Jane, King Kong style, and she's obviously squirming in his hands. Uh, yeah, no, it was and, all very realistic. Yep. I loved that bit. I mean, that the was... tank. Then there was the tank, too. Oh, the tank. <laughs> the very realistic, and I'm sure must have been quite expensive, <laughs> tank. The filmmakers for this bit are playing a lot with perspective <laughs> um, and still learning. That's right. Bless their cotton socks. Old CSO. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, this is not my favorite. You do have sort of the, uh, you got your countdown, which you always enjoy an episode. I do always enjoy the, you know, we have 50 minutes until this bomb goes off. It's, <laughs> Yeah, the stakes have never been higher. It's always fun. And then the robot who loves too much or something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Interesting Frankenstein idea. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein um, and King Kong. I, I know. It's it's a hodgepodge <laughs> right there. Um, I find the scientist who created him to be rather problematic. He's delightful. Right. But he to... seems to go back and forth on which side he's on, and I just... Yeah, they're a little Nazi-esque, or I don't know what they're whole. Oh, no, I think they're very Nazi-esque. There's something, Um, And I'd be interested in knowing the purpose behind it. Is it just a narrative tool, or were they trying to make a statement about something in 1974? Uh, Technology or something. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I find the scientists problematic. No, I, I don't mind a good guy with villain background or a villain with a heart of gold or you know whatever whatever you're going for but this one just seemed a waffle yeah because it seemed like the reveal in whatever episode it was where he comes on stage oh he's really the guy in charge of the whole techno nazis whatever they are um and that was a bit of a you know, like oh well, that was a reveal because he really seemed like a nice mad scientist but then we're supposed to believe, I think, that he does actually have this relationship with his robot, um, which I suppose both could be true. And, um, and I was just going to say... Hitler probably had a dog. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. So. I kind of doubt it, but mm-hmm. never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I would not be opposed to both of those things being true if there were any sort of development yeah. with it. But there's not particularly, so mm-hmm. meh. All right, well, moving on to perhaps yes. what begins... 
maybe a more fourth doctory story. Um, the Ark in Space. I'll let you do that synopsis. Thank you. The TARDIS lands on a space station orbiting Earth in the distant future. It's seemingly deserted, but the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry soon discover that they are not alone. Thousands of humans are in cryogenic sleep, and while they've slept, their ark has been invaded. A parasitic insect race, the Wyrm, have taken control and threatened the very future of mankind. Um, yeah, so that, that was, they talked a little bit, we don't have to necessarily go into, um, the... The set for this. I was going to say, this is the first time we get a real discussion about the set being uh, much, much, much smaller than we think. Right, yeah, it's just like the, or the corridor is just the corridor, which, you know, they do that on Next Generation, you know, in Star Trek. Well, actually. for yeah. me, it always makes me think about, um, and I didn't watch particularly with any sort of regularity, the Big Bang Theory. Right. But one of the running jokes was the elevator was always broken. So they were having to go up the stairs and it was like two or three flights. But the set itself was just one set of stairs that they had to continually use. And for Mm. some reason, this that's what this made me think of, of that, you know, corridor that that you get to the end of and you have to call cut and go back to the beginning so that you're going around again or something. So, yeah. yeah. It was just an interesting thing of, I forget if it was Philip or what producer or, or behind-the-scenes person it was. It was like, we hate the stage floor. So they decided, let's build a stage that's above. Yeah. Well, the floor is above the floor. Yeah, know, so, absolutely. Yeah. And it works. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the robot no, no. being mean, giant carrying around a very clearly wooden Sarah Jane. Um, this absolutely works, and it's just an interesting sort of behind-the-scenes thing to know about later, uh, particularly because they will use this set again. <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to pay the money, why not? Um, absolutely. But, yeah, this is uh, interesting. I like how they sort of, it's, you know, like every good story basically is a Dungeon Dragons campaign where you just have the three first show up, and then they have, like, Sarah gets locked in the room, and then the there's the laser from the sky or from the ceiling that they have to Harry and the, the doctor oh, yeah, have to defeat. Throw things at, and Sarah yeah. gets transported. Like I mean, it's, it's a very solid you know beginning to the story. You know, mm-hmm. it may sag a little once you get to odd looking bugs, um, but you know, it, it it was interesting. You get to meet the humans and you know all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, crazy, absolutely the crazy human. And it's- you know. Uh, whilst the next few episodes or the next few sections of mm-hmm. episodes are clearly separate, mm-hmm. they all sort of follow an arc. Yeah. Which I think is maybe the first time we've seen that. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't remember. I mean, we <laughs> have to remember all the third doctor. I don't remember them necessarily uh, threading any needles. Yeah, um, and this feels like an overarching arc. Yeah, um, in a way that's interesting and not the silence. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, the arc is basically that they've lost the TARDIS. I mean, I say lose the TARDIS. They were using the transmat or the teleporter or whatever it was called in the arc, and basically, once they use that at the end of this story, they pretty much are just banging around the universe until the very end when they can get back to the TARDIS. So, yeah, you know, just like, you know, you never, they basically beam away or 
ring transport away or whatever. Yeah, so. but there are, the TARDIS is not in use, and so there are other... And then the final episode, they end up back, mm-hmm. back on this ship. And it's almost... It's odd when you think about it. It's basically almost a TARDIS-less season. Mm. So, yeah. I, I mean... I don't even notice it, but, I mean, that's true. But I don't but. think we... Do we see the inside of it at all? No. That's what I was going to... Yeah. We don't see the inside of the TARDIS at all in this season. Which, by the... You know, this time we were sort of slightly spilled that we had... I mean, we barely ever saw it in the third Doctor until the end. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's certainly true. And maybe that's part of it. They mm-hmm. were using their budget for other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. Sure. So, moving on to the Sonteran experiment. Shall you do again? Yes. Arriving on a seemingly deserted Earth, the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry soon discover a crew of shipwrecked astronauts from a distant Earth colony. Lured there by a fake distress call, the astronauts are being experimented on by the deadly Sontarans in preparation of a full-scale invasion of the planet. Can the Doctor defeat Sontaran Field Major Steyer? Steer? Steyer? And save the world? Just for the record, spoiler alert, yes, yes he can. Okay, okay. Sorry, Uh, sorry, was that not okay? But I do like, again, it's a little thing, but I do like how they're world building, you know. The space station was in space because Earth was, I don't know, radiated or something. I forget for mm-hmm. the moment. So there's no one living on it, you know, quote unquote, of course, now there is. We learned there is. But anyway, so now we beam down to Earth to see what's been going on. So we're still in that same world from a previous serial. And now we're on the Earth and now we see all the doing. And going there on. are bits and pieces. And mm-hmm. you have that moment of, oh, yes, Trafalgar Square is that way. And it's <laughs> this giant open field. What do you think of using this on... This is only the second return. You know, this is the return yep. of the song yep. and the sophomore uh, attempt. Um, and I, I think one thing that's interesting, and I'm trying to think about it with Sontaran, not an, a Sontaran expert, but I believe we only ever... Well, we usually only see one. You know, because like, you know, you're thinking about like Cybermen, you're thinking about Daleks, you're thinking about mm. any other... Yeah. No, I'm sure I'll say this, I'll be wrong. Other than like the Master or something. But it's not often you get, like, the enemy, broadly speaking, who's often just a single person. You know, it's not like there's just one dollar. Or a single one thing. One Cyberman. Yeah. But there's yeah. usually and, only and one Sontaran. To be fair, I think mm-hmm. the Weeping Angels, mm-hmm. You there are always more than one in the right. episode, mm-hmm. but it's usually one that's a threat at a time. Right. Um, so, again, that sort of threads that needle. Um and, and straddles that line. Mm-hmm. Um, we do actually have two Suntarans. We just have oh, one <laughs> actually true. on Earth and the other up in the spaceship. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I, and I don't mind the Suntarans. Again, I think that that's um, partly because we only see one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't get any sort of individual personalities from the Daleks or the Cybermen, usually. Now, the Cybermen, there are exceptions. Um, But, yeah, I liked this, and I thoroughly enjoyed the stories of the Sontarans. And, you know, the guy had to stay up where he was and... (laughs) Scare people. And scare people and have his meals in full costume and Mm -hmm. full potato head and... Then was also doing the other character, and yeah, 
That was that was fun. But and I think, interesting. I think he died shortly. I mean, if I understood it correctly, I think he shortly died after this episode. Yeah. So that was sad. But anyway. Um, but anyway. No, this guy died. But anyway. No. These things happen. <laughs> it, it had nothing to do with him being a Santara. Yeah. Though it didn't help. I think Tom or someone was saying he was probably not in the best of health during this time, but he was still going to do his part and be stay in his makeup. And, you know, yeah. So, so that was sad. But he certainly contributed a lot. You know, first and second. You know, he basically made the Santarans. Uh, it was, I guess, the infamous story they kept repeating. Like in the script, it's called something else. But then when he said oh, Santaran, yeah. he's like, "Look, I know where I, I know where I'm from." You know, <laughs> and I know how to pronounce it because that's, right. that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. This is also the uh, section of episodes where Tom Baker dislocated his shoulder, broke his collarbone. Yes, broke his collarbone. Yeah, it was some, uh, I'm trying to remember it. I feel like they just kept the scene in the film when it yeah. happened. I think maybe him and the Suntarian were in their combat or something like that. Yeah, and they, they basically, Philip was like, did, did I break my doctor? We have to do a new doctor? What, what are we going to have to do here? So, and the answers to those questions were yes and no <laughs> and hide it as best we can. That's right, yeah. And it's, it's interesting when showing the clips, you know, once you know, there are some scenes where, where Tom is, I think he's basically in a, in a self-made cast. I mean, you really can't tell unless you really, really look, but just that one arm's really close up to him. And I can't remember if it's actually wrapped with a belt or something, but it's it's very subtle. But once you know it, you can see it, but it doesn't really affect the performance. I mean, I'm sure he was probably hurting, but, you know, get through the day, I guess. But Yeah, uh, and he seems quite jolly about it mm-hmm. in retrospect. So, And I imagine, and it's, you know, we, we we don't have to go into the Tom Baker psychology in this, but I think there's a bit of Tom being the, the new actor and like, uh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, you're bleeding. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Flesh good. wound. Flesh Please don't wound. fire me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, this is only a two-parter. This is a rare two-part classic Doctor Who episode. Yeah, and I'm not mad at it. No, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very, it does what it needs to do. You know, everyone, something to do. You know, Sarah's, Gets lost in the pit. Uh, Harry gets lost in the pit. Yep. You get the the different Earth. And then they're in the same pit. Yeah. You get the different humans and the one's a traitor and they have the beep beep camera and all that. Yeah. And And they're having to carry this heavy weight. Oh, that's true. That was was acting. Acting. (laughs) Acting. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought that was, it was a good one. Yep. All right. And then we get to, and not that they've ever said that, but I assume the reason this was a two-parter is because... What's next is Genesis of the Daleks, the six-part episode. Yes. Shall you do have a do? I shall. Intercepted while traveling between Earth and the Ark, the fourth Doctor and his companions are transported to the planet Skaro, thousands of years in the past, on a mission for the Time Lords to prevent the creation of the Daleks. Now, this is only the, this is only the second time, at least in our watch, beginning with the third Doctor, that we've gotten a Time Lord mission. Yep. Well, maybe, that might not be true. Maybe the... All right, the third, maybe. Because I remember the, the first one was the first Master appearance. Because there the Time Lord's like, yeah, your Master's back. And that was sort of the first time. And then maybe the second time was the three Doctors. Uh, yeah. All right, so this is the third time. Then. But anyway, but uh, you know, this is at least the fourth Doctor's time of getting a Time Lord mission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, interesting as, as we kind of, you know, are here in the present day of time lords and gallifrey and all that but it's interesting because they're kind of still building the mythos because we haven't you know we haven't 
technically seen Gallifrey yet. I mean, we will eventually here. But, you know, so all we've got is. Did these... we not? When... Well, we haven't in this series yet. Oh, right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Um, Tom, Carry will, Tom will be the first one to travel there, or the fourth Doctor will. But anyway. I thought the second Doctor, isn't that. Was he not on Gallifrey when he was on trial? I don't think so. No, it's been. I mean, I don't remember, but I'm, I'm fairly sure no, but people can correct me and yell at me if I'm wrong. Because um, I don't think they said the word Gallifrey until the third Doctor. Okay. All right. I think I'm correct. So he might have been on Gallifrey, but it was wildly <laughs> unnamed at that point. Okay. But anyway, so uh, what do you think of this little bit of an epic, I suppose? Yeah, and of course the, the, the age-old interesting, you know, if you could go back in time and find Hitler as a baby, would you kill him? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but even on a grander scale of not just homicide, but complete genocide, um, which Sarah Jane's all for. She's <laughs> like, yep, let's pull that plug. Um, and the the fourth doctor hesitates. And ultimately, I think he was going to do it and is thwarted. Um, first time we see Davros? Yes. Yeah, this is, this is the, the grand debut. The, yeah, the genesis of Davros <laughs> maybe would be a better title. High five. Yeah, one thing about this, uh, I mean, this is not a... Well, it's a critique, I suppose, but I don't. I mean, it's great. Uh, Genesis of Dalek is great, but I remember watching this episode and then, you know, going to the internet to express my opinion, which is very important. But anyway, that did you write a strongly worded letter? I, I did. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to say this, and I probably don't mean it this way. But like, I don't often look for Doctor Who for morality tales. I mean, that's my Star Trek fix usually. Um, don't nothing wrong, and Doctor Who sometimes does it. Um, you know, a lot of Peter Capaldi Twelfth Doctor stuff. I can feel mm-hmm. in the speeches and all that. But, like, with this one, you know, the fourth Doctor in this, you know, I'm great, now I'm forgetting, like, the infamous phrase, you know, shall I, do I have the powers, do I have the right, there's a do, do I have the right with the two wires, you know. Um, you know, it's very, and I don't mean it's an extreme way, you know, it's sort of the pacifistic response of, you know, do I commit genocide, is is the sin of the Daleks enough for the I'm not, sin? I'm not sure necessarily we can say, do I commit genocide, is a pacifist. Well, the fact that he doesn't want to do it. Right, but even then, I, I don't think it's necessarily pacifist to say, am I in the right to wipe out an entire species? You know, you want to look at Hitler as a baby... Maybe that's a pacifist thing. Maybe it's a pro-life thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but an entire species, I think it deserves a pause no matter who, no matter how uh, hawkish you are. And then to go, you know, to have that momentary, momentary, I'll, I'll emphasize that struggle. And then the reason he doesn't is because there's like an announcement over the PA, like, oh, never mind, Davros surrendered. And like, oh, well, never mind that. And then an episode or two later... When they're like, oh, no, I guess we need to blow the thing up. There's this sort of like, and I don't know if this is how it actually happened in the, in the written writing process, but like, well, we don't really want the doctor to kill people. Um, so he's going to go do it. But the way they get killed is when the Dalek runs over the wire. So technically the doctor hasn't yeah. pulled the trigger, yeah. you know, uh no morality, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, if you happen to uh, yes. give and, the person a gun that's loaded, hold it in their hand, and then they pull the trigger. But their fingerprints are yeah. on it. Yeah, it's, like, okay. yeah, it's okay. a little bit of a cop-out. But I'll tell you, I mean, obviously the, the question that is raised, mm-hmm. however it happens to be uh, resolved in this one, 
Uh, the question that's raised is important. But the thing that I really like about this one mm-hmm. is the history of it. Because I feel like it really harkens back to the first Doctor when they when we first see uh, what it Scaro mm-hmm. Scaro um, and the the people and the fight oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and on in that one they're completely on the other people's right. side right. that's where they land and that's pretty much what they see but it's I, I just find the history of this where this just feels to me like a sequel to that episode to yeah. an extent. And I admire that a lot because we're 10 years, I'm not quite 10 years down the road, but many years down the road. That would have been 63 and this is Yeah, 74. oh yes, I know, so more than, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, harking back to that and pulling that history, I really like. Yeah, and I think the interesting part with the... Um... <laughs> Khaled's, I thought the word other one was going to come to me and it's not going on. The other people, which mm-hmm. in the Daleks are just like the blonde Scandinavian people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it'll come to me when I, I when I go to sleep tonight. Um, but anyway, the oh, Khaled's and the other people. But anyway, um, that, that none of them are actually good. I mean, Davros aside, which that's a pretty big aside I'm putting, but... They're both at war. And they both want to kill the other people. They're both going to want to do whatever it takes. They're both to do horrific yeah. things. Whether it's a big rocket or a... And uh, there yeah. are several scientists on the college team mm-hmm. that have a lot of questions about what they're doing and where they're going with this. And, you know, there, there really is a lot of gray area um, that I think is is good to see. Oh, worse. Because I think when you have the Thals, even then, they're the ones who take uh, Sarah Jane prisoner and then have, like, the prisoner labor camp. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, like, they're not the good guys by any means. I mean, obviously, Davros is the worst. But, I mean, uh, and, I do like <laughs> one thing that made me laugh where, like, Philip Hencliffe is, like, uh, during the pro- process, is like, okay. I mean, I know they're Nazis, but, like, don't, you know. Make it obvious, and like you have like the jack boots and the gloves yeah. and the salute and the clicking yeah. of the heels. Like I, I think we went for full Nazi, full Nazi. <laughs> Which, yeah. I, again, yeah. again. But I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think I mean, if that's what the Daleks are supposed to be, I think just go ahead and embrace that. Yeah, at the, well, here's the that tends to be the go to for terrible or authoritarian regimes and i feel like that is lazy Mm -hmm. um because it's really easy to look at those characters and go "Ah, nazis automatic bad guys Mm -hmm. whereas as potentially we see certainly in the modern world um in today's politics, it's not always that simple. But I, I and, mean, I, and that's why I think it's lazy because it's real easy to go, oh, Nazis, we'd never do that. But I think it, the, I mean, I don't know because I see the opposite. I mean, I see what you're saying that once you kind of cartoonize them, then you're just being like, well, of course they're the bad guy. But then I think this story does that justice because you sort of have the college society 
especially the scientists, because Davros is just the chief scientist. He's not like the political person. Um, but they're they're afraid to go against him, and they're not. Well, I mean, you can argue what they're working towards with the war effort, but you know, if we're going to use like Davros and his side or the Nazi or and his dude man are the Nazis, like they're not Nazis, but they're like ah, we don't want to go against them though, you know. So, but yeah, and then you have when Davros goes over to the falls and's like. Uh, you know, I got a plan of how you can attack us because, you know, I'm a peacemaker. And the Thal's like, sure, we'll do whatever you say. And so, I mean, I feel like everyone is compromised. Nobody wants to stand up to the obviously crazy person. Um, and then, like, you have that moment, which, you know, is framed in a weird way. Not, I'm not saying in a bad way, but, like, like Davos is like, okay, I'll surrender. But only if we get to have a Lincoln-Douglas debate. Um, and so, <laughs> give, give me my 15 minutes of time. Um, and you know, you sort of have the people want, I forget what he says at this point, but, but maybe just like, we need strength or whatever he says. And they're like, no democracy. And he's like, no, that's stupid. Um, but again, uh, I think because they have already framed these as Nazis, mm -hmm. it's easy to skip over the nuance. Mm -hmm. And I agree a hundred percent. You know, like I said earlier, I like the fact that there are scientists who are like, mm, this is not a cool idea. And there are a lot of sneaky things that Davros does. But because we've set it up as Nazis, a lot of that gets lost, I think. And it would be more interesting if the audience is going, oh, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know... And, and sort of following that and therefore seeing how easy it can be to fall under that spell. And instead, you've got an audience going, mm, he's up to something because he's a Nazi and we know they're bad mm -hmm. every time. So, yeah. And I think one thing I like this about a Dalek story is that it's not a Dalek story. I mean, it's a Dalek mm. story. The Daleks are just tools. I mean, they inevitably... I mean, there's only like three of them, <laughs> however many there are four. No more than four, at least. Um, All running around on their knees. Yeah, and, and I mean, at the end, of course, there's the predictable of them taking over. But they're, they're, they're not really there. I mean, they are, but I, I guess that's what I enjoy. And maybe why our challenges with Daleks is that, you know, once they're the character, and then it's like, okay. But they're not the character. They're just the tool. Divers is the character. Yeah. And that's sort of... Interesting in as much as, you know, the, the evil, terrible person can be interesting, but, yeah, you know, him yelling and overacting and um, having a shopping bag over his head or whatever it was, you know, during yeah. rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. How he wore a bag over his head because he knew his sight would be very limited in the prosthetics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right, well, anything else on Genesis of the Daleks? Nope, I've said all I want to say. All right, well, we'll go from one old baddie to the other old baddie, and that's Revenge of the Cybermen, which mm. we have not seen for, well, we've never seen, at least, you know, not since the second Doctor. So yep. I'll do this last one. Oh. Arriving on Space Station Nerva in its distant past, the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry find its crew threatened by a mysterious plague. Discovering that things are not as they seem, they stumble upon a plan to commit genocide devised by the Doctor's old enemies, the Cybermen. Yes. Back on. We are back on, yo. Yep. It's a completely different space station, darling. Is it? It's completely different. Eh. It's not really. Okay. It's the same set. Um, it's the same set. Yep. 
So we have this. We get cyber mats. Yes. Yep. I don't like those guys. Mm-hmm. The little cyber mats. Yep. Um, and they are definitely killing people, not mannequins. <laughs> yes. Yep. Save your money where you can, folks. Hey. Put a mare in the background. Make it look like a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what did you think of? You know, we. What do you think of the Cybermen being used? I mean, again, I mean, it took them a while to show up, and you still had other. You had the puppet people. I forget what those aliens were called oh, on yeah. the planet, yeah. the gold planet, uh, the planet of gold. Um, and you had sort of the two sides to that planet, and then you had the bad guy, human, and the Cybermen. What'd you What'd you think? A lot going on. They tried to change things up a little bit mm-hmm. by having one of the Cybermen wear black headphones That's instead right. of silver ones. Mm-hmm. Whoop whoop. Yep. Um. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of the ice. I I believe I'm correct in saying the redesign of the Cybermen because mm-hmm. I think they were just like, oh, we'll use what we got, and like, what do you have? Oh yeah, that's falling apart. Well, I guess we'll have to do new ones then. Yes. Um, yeah, and they talk about that. Um. Again, as we see, what was it? There was something. Uh, last season maybe where it was the Daleks, but the Daleks themselves were superlative to yeah. the plot itself. They just show up, showed up in that last episode. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it feels that way a little bit with the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Because you've got these two fashion, factions of the Kabuki Warriors, mm-hmm. um, and so the Cybermen are, oh, and they're also here, and oh, they're the head controllers. Felt a little unnecessary, mm-hmm. to be honest. And they carry bombs on their backs. and all Yes. That stuff. Yeah, they hook things up. But again, all of that could have been done with the Kabuki Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. It was and, fine. Yep. Yeah, and then the TARDIS finally appears, and they get into the TARDIS, and off they go, off they go. into the wild blue yonder. So this season may have been a bit cursed because previously we had Tom Baker breaking his collarbone. Yep. This one, Liz Slayton almost drowns. Yeah, these things happen. <laughs> these things happen. She ended up in the boat. And not what it was, yeah, that she was in the boat. A little like, motorized remote control boat, or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And the boat was not stopping, and you're about to go into a cavern that suddenly is does not have a ceiling anymore. Yeah, because they did this whole thing actually in a cavern, or yep. a lot of it actually in a cavern, and had to break in after hours. And <laughs> I'm sure they had permission. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you tell your story, I'll tell mine. Um, and so that's interesting. Uh, reminded me of when they had to go into the gold mines or whatever those were. Mm-hmm. Um, in the little trolleys. Oh, yeah. It, it just, it just reminded, because it was Genesis of the Daleks also had the trolley. Like, that was a thing of the season when you ever take, Harry and Sarah Dean are taken prisoner, you throw them in a trolley and... Little mine Doesn't matter whether you're the Colleds or the puppet people of the gold planet. Yeah. Everyone has a prisoner trolley. These things... These things exist. Oh goodness! All right, but yeah, that's that's the the first season. Um, as, yep. As it's labeled here in America, series one <laughs> of Tom <laughs> Baker. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's how it. So uh, what do you think of? Uh... I liked it. I'm looking forward. We get Liz Sladen for another season. I believe. So. I mean, yeah, at least, at least. I mean, uh, I don't know how they're going to get rid of Harry, but they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Because I was reading in the notes that and I've already forgotten what the next story is, but apparently the next story was actually supposed to be the finale, but instead it's not. So yeah, there was some sort of timing thing, yeah. but yeah, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. We had jelly babies. That's right. While we were watching these, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your first time eating jelly babies? Maybe. I, if I had one, it's been years. Yeah. Because, you know, the only I only know, of course, from this. So, and it's not it's not an American thing, so. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right. Well, until next time, keep enjoying the Doctor's many adventures throughout time, time and, and space. This is BBC Television.